Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I am your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Bobby Lamarco. Yo, man, we used to do this, like, duet thing all the time. We had a, 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 a incredible duo relationship all summer long, and now we split all these up. We got solo pods. We're teaming up with everybody else but each other until we get to Sunday. It's great to have you back, man. I'm so stoked to get into the Week 8 Game recaps, the week nine look ahead. Jordan Delavalle been off the last couple of weeks, got some things going on. We were support that, so no worries on him. He'll be back sooner than later, I'm sure. But Big Bob stepping in the scene here. Of course, you can catch his Saturday show. Now, look, I've been repping this the last couple episodes that I've been doing. The Saturday Player Trend Show, I'm telling you right now, it's like my most valuable podcast episode that I listen to. And it's our boy Bob holding it down. Every single team, every single matchup, all of the relevant positions on that team. He breaks down everything last minute on Saturday, all relevant injuries. You have, of course, you're like last minute, you know, uh, trades and swap outs and whatever, who's getting the start, stuff like that. Patty Fryermuth getting called out. Jordan Akins. You got that DK dart throw kicker analysis. Everyone throws shade at kickers in the industry. We do not. We throw sunlight on kickers here. That's all we do. Sunshine on kickers here on the TCK pod. Episode 489. We're just 11 away from that magical 500. Very excited to get into it today. Again, week eight recaps, week nine look ahead. Comments are already blowing up. Bobby, great to have you back, man. First of all, how was your Halloween? Did you stay in? Did you go out? What was the what was the vibes on Halloween? Do you have trick or treaters? It's still kind of weird, like like pandemic, post pandemic vibes with trick or treaters. How'd it go for you, man? Give me a a rundown of Halloween really quickly, and then we'll get into your Giants and Chiefs game on Monday night. Yeah, well, first off, Sky, I feel like with us, we've tried everything in our power not to be on a show together. We're like, we're done. I'm tired of this guy's face. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with it. And then yeah. somehow we're just seven like, months was enough. It's seven just months like gravity, is good. you know? We're just two <laughs> magnets. We're back together again, my friend. Um, you know, so Halloween was fun. I dressed up as a ref. I threw, I got a couple beers in. I started throwing penalty flags at people when they dropped beers and stuff. So that makes sense. Blew the whistle a couple times. Sunday, though, I think I scared off the kids because I'm screaming every time one of my kickers from my dominant kicker now is like, like Greg Zerline missing field goals. I'm screaming my head off like you're blowing it. 
Uh, I scared the kids away, and plus, I only hand out toothbrushes, so that was another problem. Why the kids? Oh my god, you're that guy! Shut up! No way! You know, I I have a lot of cavities. It really affects me and how I am, and I don't want people to deal with that as adults. So I've a lot of flossing and a lot of toothbrushes. Kids, stay on top of that. Halloween's overrated. That is so (laughs) hilarious. Okay, all right, Grinch. Then I'll throw it at you. I'll throw it at you. Let's just say Bob LaMarco. Let's throw it back 20 years. You're roaming the streets back when you ate candy. You hate toothbrushes at this point in your life. Thumbs down on floss for sure. No one likes the dentist. No disrespect. What candy bar are you hoping to find at the next house you roll up to? So uh, this is going to be absolutely terrible. And I apologize in advance to everybody. We kind of went through this the other day, actually, too, on our Sunday live show. Make sure you're checking that out, everybody, every Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, We actually, I like Milky Ways, and I like 1,000 Grand, but I actually have become, as i gotten older, a little sensitive to dairy. So without much too much uh, information, I tend to avoid the candy unless it's a non-dairy chocolate bar. So if I go trick-or-treating, it's all but landmines for me, folks. And then Mm. let's say November 1st isn't a great day. So you're hoping for, let's go with Skittles, uh, Nerds is okay. Um, we'll throw it back to like runts, either chewy or regular, uh, starbursts, I think are okay then for you. Um, yeah. now and laters, lollipops, like gumballs. That's, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. I actually, to be honest with you, I'm not even a big candy guy. This is not, mm. this isn't a great look for me today, folks. This is why I don't come on on Tuesdays because I don't get really happy and vibrant until Wednesday when we do go on with Buck, but now you get grumpy old Bob on Tuesday. Oh, so no candy man. for me and no candy for the kids. Well, stay tuned, folks, because in just about 24 hours, Buck will be back here to to lighten up the mood and we'll be just fine. All right. Once again, Victor chiming in already. Always appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you so much. Throwing the Legends tab out there. I don't know about the L-bomb, but we certainly appreciate the respect there. All right, Bob. Well, we got a lot of games to get into, man. Obviously, we are doing the week eight recaps, the week nine look ahead here. And we're going to start on Monday Night Football, as we always do. We'll do Monday night, Sunday night, and then we're actually going to get into Sunday morning. Of course, while we're going in here, feel free to jump in the chat room. Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, anyone in the chat room, feel free to jump in. We got some trade conversations coming in. Obviously, we had the NFL trade deadline go down today. Not a lot of action to talk about. Henry Ruggs was in an unfortunate situation, a DUI. Uh, that I'm not going to cover in depth yet until we get all the information, but that's not a good look, unfortunately. Um, Adrian Peterson goes to the Titans, which I broke down for about 15 minutes last night, so you can dial it back one episode on that one with my boy Jeremy McNichols as well, filling in for Derek Henry, who will be out at least to the fantasy playoffs and maybe further. So any of that stuff, we're going to probably skip through. But anything else you got, please feel free to jump in the comment section. I see a lot of you in there. Dennis, Beach, of course, in the mix. Mowgli, Victor, the usual suspects. We're going to get into your guys' questions, Q&A, after a couple of games. But let's dive into this here, Bob. Let's get started here with the unfortunate loss, I guess, in the score column for the Giants. But if I'm a Chiefs fan, even though it's a W in the standings, This one did not feel good at all. No disrespect to you and your boys, but the Giants are not a team that the Chiefs should even compete with. The Chiefs that we expect and the Giants that we've seen recently, the Chiefs should have run this game by 40-plus. And Harrison Butker hits a go-ahead 
field goal with like one minute left and they end up sneaking away from this one. But the Giants had multiple opportunities to put this one away and win this game overall. How do you feel about your 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 Giants overall kind of looking forward to obviously no Saquon Barkley? Kadarius Tony may or may not have gone to the locker room, Daniel Jones, the rest of these um wide receivers. And then of course Patrick Mahomes, look, man, a QBR of 19. 19 QBR, Bob. Tyreek Hill goes off, no Tyreek Hill or no Cal, um, Travis Kelsey. And then we got Gore and we got Williams as well for the Chiefs. So what are we looking at here moving forward for the Chiefs and the Giants? From the Giants side, it's just a lack of health. I mean, their receiving core cannot make it through a game. Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony got hurt again, hurt his, but he did come back, but hurt his hand, missed a bunch of snaps. You know, Shepard going out. It just kind of gets to a point where Daniel Jones cannot be evaluated until he has the talent around him. And these guys can't stay healthy. It's it's Galladay's out, Barkley's out. Then it's it's Shepard leaving games early. Darius Slayton missed a bunch of time. Kadarius Tony missed games. So honestly, it gets to a point where you just kind of like shrug your shoulders. Booker has been a very nice surprise. And I think if you're a Booker owner, I think the really question comes down to is, do you gamble now and trade him to the Barkley owner and vice versa? just to make sure you have the Giants backfield because they use a workhorse, which is great. Um, or you roll the dice and hope that Barkley doesn't come back this week and you just kind of you get another RB2 game from him. But I know that's that's going to be tough. But overall, I think my biggest takeaway is the lack of health. I mean, the good news is John Ross made a few plays, which is nice to see. But even Dante Pettis, who was actually coming up your boy, gets hurt. And then on the other side of the Chiefs, it's really just come down to Tyree Kill. You know, he finally blew up. Travis Kelsey... I, you just shrug emoji. Like, I don't know what to say. I mean, the Giants are not a tough matchup for, for tight ends. and Multiple this, weeks now, though. I yeah. mean, it's continuing. Yeah, I mean, you would think he's going to be all right against the Packers. You think that game should be high scoring. Um, you want to see – I mean, the Chiefs' defense looked better. Um, but that's that's something that I'm not I'm not too excited. I think, I think Travis Kelsey, of course, we don't need to talk about it. It is what it is. His floor is still fine. I mean, you know, it's just he's fallen into this – range where he was actually a bust for a first one, two turn pick. He's a bust this year, which was very surprising. Um, on the flip side though, Tyree kill kind of blew up. That's good. And then Mikhail Hardman's been fine. I mean, he's, he's kind of settled in as this wide receiver four, where he gets you like five catches for 60 yards and that's fine, but doesn't surprisingly, he doesn't have much upside, but he did break off that quick pass for a long run. Um, the running back touches was interesting. You know, he got Derek Gore getting a lot of work looking good. But Darrell Williams is still getting this ridiculous workload. I mean, he is getting all the carries. I mean, all the t- all the receiving game, and he's getting a bunch of work. It looks like McKinnon has been phased out for Derek Hart, uh, Gore, which is good news because I think, from my perspective, I'd rather have Darrell Williams in more of a pass-catching role anyway. So Gore fits that pretty good for them. But the real question comes, has Gore done enough to earn five, six carries when CEH comes back? Um, that's going to stick in the craw of everyone's too. So if you waited for CEH – is Derek Gore now going to be a part of that trio at running back? Bobby, quick question. Who would you rather have rest of season, CEH or Elijah Mitchell? Elijah, well, I mean, Elijah Mitchell is now dealing with a rib injury, which is just like, I just laugh. Uh, you know, I want Elijah Mitchell. I really do. I've been high on him for a while now. I've been talking about him a lot, and I just I just know he's going to get hurt, though. <laughs> like, I just know <laughs> everything I hold dear in life. Like 49ers running backs, Giants wide receivers, get hurt at some point. I just think that Jeff Wilson, he might be back in three or four weeks. I just think that it's time to just like, if you're, if you're an Elijah Mitchell owner, just go ask the owner, but like, Hey, what do you want for Wilson? If he's not on waivers and just get that security. 
maybe even throw a hasty in there. I don't know. But I, I think Wilson would probably be the guy I would go after. Next question here. Who would you rather have rest of season, Patrick Mahomes or Mike White of the Jets, number one it's quarterback in the week? Yeah, it's going to be Mike White. Complete easy. dominance. Easy all day. I mean, listen, Mike White is now the franchise. Listen, he's the only quarterback since Cam Newton to throw for 400 yards in his first start. I mean, like at this point, the trajectory is there. Um, no, of course, tongue in cheek. But at the same time, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is the best Number three, he's the he's the best worst quarterback you'll ever see. Like everyone hates Patrick Mahomes because, but he's still like the number three quarterback in fantasy. So I, yep. it's just it is what it is, guys. I agree. All right, Chiefs sneak away, get to five hundred, which is ridiculous. Eight weeks into the season, halfway through the season here, the Chiefs are four hundred or five hundred, I should say, four and four. Bobby's Giants at two and six, but of course, it have had no chance with their health woes this season. Let's move to Sunday night football. We'll dial it back here. Cowboys move to six and one, get the win over the Vikings who fall to three and four. This is with Cooper Rush, not Dak Prescott, of course, a game time fade. Bobby's guy, Amari Cooper, go ahead, five yard touchdown with 51 seconds left. Eight receptions, 122, and that touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, six catches, 112. Adam Thielen, six catches, 78 yards, and a nice early touchdown there. Dalvin Cook, 18 carries, just 70 eight yards. How do you feel about the Cowboys and Vikings? Well, shout out to Cooper Rush, my fellow ginger. Um, since Andy Crushed Dalton, it. since Andy Dalton is no longer a starter, we didn't, we were, we were lacking in the ginger community of a legit quarterback and we got one now. So Cooper Rush, baby, officially in my next Jersey jungle Jersey. There Cooper it is. Rush, represent the gingers, baby. Anyway, it's good to see that they have competent quarterback play behind Dak Prescott. It really helps with uh, if something were to happen with this calf injury, he re-aggravates the injury. It gives you more confidence rest of season because the Dallas Cowboys are set up for success this rest of season. I've talked about this on the on the Saturday podcast. Top seven rest of season out wide schedule. I'll have those updated later in the week. But you got Gallup coming back. You know, this team is really set up to succeed. So I do like that. But I think from the Vikings defensive side, no Patrick Peterson, big problems for that secondary. Um, we were talking about this earlier that we kind of, didn't know what to expect from Cooper Rush, but we did say on the podcast on Sunday that like it sucks that we couldn't take advantage of no Patrick Peterson. Sure enough, we could have, and Lamb goes off, and, and Cooper does well too. So that's a good sign, but I think the Vikings secondary is something you could attack with Patrick Peterson out. Um, Dalvin Cook, once again, back. He's a workhorse. We don't need to even touch that. Tyler Conklin had a nice guy. I think it was another one of those five for 50 guys. Justin Jefferson just had an uncharacteristically bad game. Seemed kind of fluky. Um Everything went to Thielen, so it happens. I think that's you're not you're not going to blink. He's probably a buy low target for some reason if people are fading him. Um, but overall, I think that with Dak coming back, this offense is clicking. Um, I think Cooper. I think I know you. You're not a big Cooper guy, and I am. And it's just a viewpoint. But I think no one wants Cooper. Like I think Cooper is going to be good rest of season. But the problem with Cooper was even in his big game, he's on the sideline at one point, massaging his hamstring. His hamstring. You're just like, oh, here we go. It's like he's just, it's just one of those things where Amari Cooper, where he's just like one play away from either making your game or losing him for the season. It's just ridiculous. He's the healthy version of the hurt Julio Jones. Does that make sense? I mean, he's like, yeah. he's like still on on and off the field constantly. Deshaun Jackson. Uh, John Brown back in the day, LaShawn McCoy. These guys would be on and off the field nine times a game, and you just hope to get them. Look, if you're like Bob and you're looking for a Cooper Rush jersey, there's only one place to go to get it, and that is the Jersey Jungle. Here's a shout-out to them. We'll be right back. 
Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out the Jersey jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey jungle. You can use a promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball guy. So I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the websites. They're high quality, stitch and twill, game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Beach chiming in here. Does the Jersey Jungle have a Montrez Harrell Wizards jersey? You know what? I think that's probably a question for the Jersey Jungle. So, <laughs> Beach, what I recommend is you go on to Instagram. You type in the Jersey Jungle. You hit up my man Trenton in the DMs. He'll get back to you. Hey, man, Sky and Bob sent me over here from the TCK pod looking to see if you got a Herald Wizards jersey. If you do, looking at sizes, looking at home and away, looking at retro throwback style I'm interested. Go hit up the Jersey Jungle. I see all you guys in here. All right, Beach, Aaron, Dennis, uh, the rest of you, Victor, of course, Mowgli. I see all y'all in here. We're going to get through a couple more games, and then, of course, Bob and I will get to all of your uh, – some people are in here for trade talk, Von Miller conversation, Derek Henry. We see some of the things uh, going on as well. This is not the prediction episode, um, Beach. That's going to be coming up later this week, but you're welcome to jump in if you'd like to, and we'll get to the rest of those moving forward. Okay, let's get back to it here. We're going to dive into the Sunday morning slate here, Bob. Panthers, Falcons, Panthers move to four and four. Falcons fall to three and four, 19 to three win for the Carolina Panthers. The immediate headline is Calvin Ridley stepping away from football. I broke this down last night on the Monday show. Um, undisclosed amount of time, but look, this is either like a week or two, or he may just take himself out for the season. I don't know what's going on. I don't think anybody else knows what's going on. And frankly, it's none of our business. Let's not forget, I said this Monday, but I'll say it again quickly. They went to London to play Miami Dolphins a couple weeks ago. He did not travel with the team because of a personal matter. He was out for that game. They had a bye week. Then he played a game, and then he was out for this one as well. So something in his personal life is going on, whether it's personal, personal, in his family, whatever. I think back to Marquise Goodwin years ago, um, who it came out way after the fact that his wife had basically had, you know, Two newborns died during pregnancy and stuff. Very traumatic, obviously. And at the end of the day, we need to remember that these people are human beings first and then football players. He's got something going on. I wish him the best, of course. But him being out is big for other guys on the team, like Cordero Patterson, who is a wide receiver, but now out of the run game, obviously. Mike Davis getting extra work, 
right? Now you have Russell Gage reemerging, Zacchaeus getting more work, Mike or Kyle Pitts, clearly that number one option there. On the other side, CMC still out. Hubbard, 91 total yards in the touchdown. Patterson does get that touchdown. And he and Pitts are kind of that 1A, 1B right now for the Falcons. So, Bob, we got to take Calvin Ridley out for future conversations until we know anything else. So with Calvin Ridley gone for the Falcons, CMC may or may not practice coming up. He could be back in the next couple of weeks, but Hubbard should be in for at least this week. How do we feel about the Falcons and Panthers moving forward? God, you know, I made a trade for for CMC, and then the news came out with the injury to IR. I just, I, come on, come on, Christian. Come back. Come back for me. I need a little Two years love. in a row, baby. Take one, too. I pulled off the upset of the number one seed in the TCK Listener League this week. I figured out a way. And my, my team lost four straight, and I pulled it off. Now, Christian, I just need that up. But it sounds like he's going to miss one more week. That's what it sounds like to me. So it is what it is. Um, I know Amir Abdullah got a lot of work, but Chuba Hubbard still had 24 carries. I mean, it was Amir ridiculous. Abdullah. How about that name, folks? Yeah. Dial back the Rolodex on Amir Abdullah. Yeah, shout so out to the Cornhuskers. Oh, yeah. So he, yeah, it was a thing for the Lions for a little bit. We thought he was going to be a thing. And that preseason one year, he looked awesome, but it never worked out. <laughs> um, the other thing I noticed too with the Panthers, it's just like, I know with Sam Darnold's concussion, he might be out this week. It's PJ Walker probably, and he just hasn't looked too great. Um, but it's really just DJ Moore. I mean, like he ran clearly, it's DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson went routes. Then you dive into targets, it's just DJ Moore. It just Robbie yeah. Anderson last week we talked a little bit about potential wide receiver four because the matchup was better. That did not work out. Um, he did get lit up in that game, though, and that might have caused him to be Ooh. a little loopy the rest of the game. Shot. But, yeah. Uh, but it pretty much, it's even with Terrace Marshall out, it's been nothing. It's been duds. And then after that in routes, it drops to uh, Tremble. But he runs half the routes that DJ Moore does. So there's really nobody. Uh, so I really think it, moving forward, it's DJ Moore and Chuba Hubbard slash CMC, and that's really all you can count on for fantasy. On the Falcon side, I know the big news, of course, is Cordell Patterson, but just I just want people to realize something. The, the Calvin Ridley news helps solidify his role in the passing game. That's great, but he's still in a 50-50 timeshare. I mean, nine carries for each player. He was outgained in the ground game by Mike Davis. I mean, I know Cordell Patterson is the is the hot name, and he's been scoring like crazy. But he's still in this 50-50 timeshare split with Mike Davis. And they're not getting rid of Mike Davis. They're trying to keep Cordell Patterson fresh to an extent. So thought that's notable. But the other thing is with Calvin Ridley out, it wasn't Russell Gage. It was actually Tajay Sharp, believe it or not, who actually emerged in this contest, which could be moving forward just saying, like, you can't rely on either, right? It could be like – it could be a flip-flop every week. Maybe if you know that it's a good outside matchup, you play Sharp because he did see six targets on 21 routes, which is the same amount of routes Russell Gage ran. So notable nonetheless, maybe if you're in a 16-team league, 14-team league, deeper benches, Tajay Sharp could be someone who emerges a little bit here behind because Kyle Pitts is basically judge jury execution over there overall. So I think that's really my biggest takeaway is the split is still there for the Falcons. I don't know, maybe Cordell or Patterson, listen, he's been very touchdown dependent over the last couple weeks. I know the Calvin Ridley situation helps, but maybe he's someone you can potentially sell high um, pair him with a wide receiver to upgrade a position. Absolutely. Let's move on here to the Dolphins and the Bills. Bills get the win here, 26-11. Over the last couple of years, Josh Allen has absolutely lit up the Miami Dolphins. That was not the case. We were texting Bucky during the game, and I was kind of flipping him some shit, just like, yeah, man, the, the Bills are really running the Dolphins, and basically it was tied the whole game. And as soon as I sent that text, 
Josh Allen was like, mm-hmm, and turned it up and put up another couple touchdowns. Boom. Dolphins, Bob. If you were just to, to you know, not hear – like, if you just heard one in seven Dolphins eight games into the season, to me that was shocking. I was like, they got to be 500. They're a 500 squad, right? Like, they're pretty good. They're not very good. They beat some good teams. They lost to some good teams, whatever. 500. One and seven Dolphins. Five and two Bills. Big one here for the Bills, obviously, in the AFC. East, Devontae Parker comes back. Eight catches, 85 yards. Cole Beasley. We mentioned he was going to step in for Dawson Knox. He did. Ten catches, 110 yards. Great DFS play. Stephon Diggs. Five catches, 40 yards, but he did get a touchdown. Josh Allen. 249 and two touchdowns, 55 rushing yards, and a rushing score as well. Dolphins don't do much in this game long-term, and Emmanuel Sanders held without a uh, target or catch in this one. How do we feel about the Buffalo Bills and Dolphins? Well, for the Bills, it was interesting because uh, Sanders just put up an offer. I mean, he got zero catches, but three of his four targets were deep targets. They just didn't connect on any of them, so... You know, we I've always brought this up on my Saturday show. Like, those connect about 40% of the time. You know, Sanders is basically being used as a deep threat, and it didn't work out this week. It is what it is. Um, Beasley, I think at some point, like, uh, Knox will be back. And he's he really did take a backseat to Knox, um, and his routes were down. But since Knox's injury, he's really emerged. Um, savvy owners could package Beasley in PPR formats to get something like Beasley and another player to upgrade. Um, maybe when Knox is supposed to come back, but it's good to see that he's t- capitalizing on good matchups there. Moss for single uh, Singletary, it's eight to seven for the carries, but Moss really has become the go-to guy in the receiving game. He had seven targets in this game, so it's good to see that Moss has really emerged as a guy who's going to get you consistent touches um, and more in the passing game, which is interesting, especially because Tommy Sweeney is nowhere near getting the w- looks. He did have four targets. But he's not going to be as dominant as a guy like Dawson Knox. Uh, And I want to call out Buck here because he made a comment to me about (laughs) Devontae Parker versus the Bills. And he said because it didn't work out last time, he's like, oh, you know, he got upset with me because I I didn't make the right call. Well, Devontae Parker dominated the Bills again this week. Eight catches for 85 yards. Really good day. I just want to say, hey, me and Sky did say this last time that Parker does have the Bills number. He just took a week off last time. He went right back to it. Plus, he became the alpha, led the team in targets. Um, I, I'm not worried about Waddle. He just had an off game and gets a tough opponent, right? He had four, ten targets, but only caught four of them. Better days are ahead. Really, it became Jaziki. He's the one who tumbled down the depth chart because he only had four targets in this game. So, something worth noting. And then Gaskin, it's nice to see. I think Gaskin is someone that I'm more interested in now because he's getting more opportunities. He's got 16 opportunities in this game. No Malcolm Brown. Um, it was just a bad matchup. I mean, no one wanted to play him against the Bills, but the, the the volume's there now. So I think this is something for him moving forward when he has softer matchups. He's definitely someone you can plug in as a flex play. 49ers, Bears. My Niners get an ugly win here, 33-22. They wake up Justin Fields, thankfully, for 175 and a touchdown, 103 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground as well, Bob. Debo Samuel, Stays hot, which is just blowing my noodle every single week. Six catches, 171 yards somehow. Elijah Mitchell, your boy, 18 carries, 137, and a touchdown behind only Michael Carter on the week. Khalil Herbert, my guy, 23 rushes, 72 yards, doesn't score, but very effective. Niners move to three and four. Bears fall to three and five. Thoughts? 
You know, the thing with Elijah Mitchell, I, you know, Sky, I'm a little upset with you. I'm a little upset with you about Elijah Mitchell because I could have got him, and we talked about it. We were talking about it all that week, and I was like, I paused. I was like, you know what? Sky's the San Francisco guy. I got to listen to him. Don't go just see. I stand by for it. Elijah Mitchell. Stand by it. Terrible. It was the worst feeling. Oh, man. But it is what it is. It's fine. No. Elijah Mitchell will be hurt in two weeks. We're fine. Anyway, um, but Debo, I think the real Debo. interesting thing about – Sorry, say it again? He's hurt right now. Oh, yeah, I know. He's got a rib injury. I know, I know. Um, so Debo Samuel, the thing I found interesting, we talked about this in our show – uh, last week was Debo Samuel's getting more air yards and he's actually his yards per reception is just ridiculous, but he's getting more targets down the field. It's keeping him healthy. I think that's good for him moving forward. Ayuk did have seven targets. He's, he's now emerging as he's being trusted on the field. So he ran the most routes on the team. That's where it starts for Ayuk. He's on the field again. The production will follow. The kid's too talented for the production, not to follow. So I'm buying Ayuk moving forward. On the Bears side, it's just, you know, Justin Fields is showing something. I think, you know, Khalil Herbert, until David Montgomery comes back, I think it really does cloud that backfield. I don't think Montgomery's going to come back and be an absolute workhorse getting 70 touches, uh, 70% of the touches. I think Herbert's really emerged, and I think he's someone you can rely on. Uh, even though the production wasn't there, he had over 20 carries in this game, so that's huge. Um, Darren L. Mooney is the guy you want. Unfortunately, not Robinson is just not getting it done. And Mooney has been producing at a much higher level. So moving forward, I think Mooney – with, I think he's the guy that you kind of want to stash on your bench. He seems to be giving you a better baseline, and when Fields starts uh, playing a little bit better, it seems like Mooney's going to be the one uh, in that offense. I agree, and that's what it's been for the last couple of weeks. We've been saying it for quite a while, quite frustrating. Let's move on here to the Steelers and the Browns. Ugly game the entire game. Big Ben gets it done last minute to Pat Fryermuth. My man, toe-tap Pat is what I heard over the weekend. Love to hear that. Steelers move to four and three. Browns fall to 515-10. Win for the Steelers here. Najee Harris, 120 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, six catches, 98 yards. Chubb comes back off the injury. 16 carries, 61 yards. He will be just fine moving forward. I would go buy low on Nick Chubb if you possibly can. Odell Beckham, Buck was right. Get him off your football team. Fantasy team, Jarvis Landry. I watched him drop at least five balls in that game. I don't know what the hell is going on. Very, very frustrating. And, of course, Patty Fryermuth stepping in for Mark Andrews in fantasy rosters and uh, Darren Waller quite a bit this week. So he's a great streaming tight end to pick up. Steelers, Browns. Yeah, I just think that from my perspective, when I look at the Browns, I'm buying Jarvis Landry. Ten targets. He just had an off, get, an off day. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the guy's coming back from injury, getting back up to speed. Odell Beckham's just not a factor at all. And I think from my perspective, Landry, after this game, he had 10 targets. He's still 5 for 65. Still a double-digit PPR day. I want Jarvis Landry. He's clearly the alpha in this offense. Nick Chubb, too, once for the next few weeks. I know this is the buy-low window. I mean, it's worth asking. At least do yourself a favor and ask the Chubb over owner what it would take. Just ask the question. You'll feel better about it when he tells you it's going to take you know, uh, Derrick Henry before the injury and some other guy from accounting. But anyway, uh, on the other <laughs> side, on the other side, listen, Deontay Johnson, another double-digit target game. He actually really didn't do much until that last that last big catch. He was actually having a down game. And, of course, it fin- that's just the point, though, with Deontay Johnson. He, he might not have the best matchup. He might not have the best day, but he gets peppered with targets. He's going to emerge at some point. Fire Muth, to me, I like, but I just – I hope they just don't – when Ebron comes back, I hope they don't just put him back into that part-time role. I hope he just stays with it. Um, it's going to be tough to – I don't. I can't assume he's going to be a full-time player. Uh, James Washington became the slot receiver. I thought that was notable. 
He ran ahead of Ray Ray McLeod. He didn't produce anything just yet, but maybe in a better matchup against a better defense, uh, you know, he'll have some days because James Washington is a talented player playing that slot. And then Chase Claypool just has, since the Juju injury, he hasn't had that big time game, but I don't think he's also had the big time matchup. I know Cleveland didn't have Denzel Ward, but that was a sloppy AFC North game. So Claypool seems like he's going to have his big moment because he is getting a bunch of usage. I totally agree. Like to buy, like to buy low on all these guys, especially the Steelers. Let's move on here to the Eagles and the Lions. I have said on this podcast for about five weeks that the Lions are the best 0-3 team, 0-4 team, 0-5 team, 0-6 team, 0-7 team in NFL history because they compete, they're in games, they should have won, but they lose them. Unfortunately, Bob, <laughs> they got straight up beat up by an Eagles team that everybody else has pretty much been running through recently. Three and five Eagles beat up on the now 0 and 8 Lions 44 to 6 on the road for the Eagles. This is a big one for them. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard each had two rushing touchdowns. Not my boy Kenny Gainwell, not Jordan boy Jalen Hurts, not good for fantasy at all. Nobody played him unless you accidentally started one of these guys because you ran out of money in DFS and lucked out. Really rough situation. Dallas Goddard though, 6 for 72, not much to report on the other side for the Lions. Yeah, I'm actually doing us a favor right now, and I'm actually looking up how many first quarter and second quarter touches Jordan Howard did because I'm curious. But in so the meantime, dumb. in the meantime, you know, I think you're right. I think this game, this the biggest thing is hidden in this game was that there was a ridiculous blowout and some fluky touchdowns from the running backs, and Jalen Hurts had a down performance. I know he has a tough matchup in week nine versus the Chargers. And we were talking about this beforehand, but it's just so fluky. He scores one rushing touchdown. He has a fine day. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm sitting him against the Chargers because the Chargers should put up points, which is, fits right into Jalen Hurts and what he does best. But the thing I thought was most interesting, the hidden gem is Dallas Goddard. So in the game, Jalen Hurts completed nine passes, six of them, went to Dallas Goddard for 72 yards. They didn't need to throw, but Dallas Goddard has become a full-time player and he's an absolute stud. Like I think you got to we got to get him. We got to get we got to start trading for him. I I actually am thinking about trading him CEH in a league that I need players, trading him for just Dallas Goddard because I just think Dallas Goddard is going to be an absolute stud the rest of the season. Um, and he's clearly emerging as another guy with DeVonta Smith and DeVonta Smith hasn't been great. He's kind of hit the rookie wall. The running back situation, I know Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell did not produce. He got outproduced, but they all had the same amount of touches. Um, but uh, let me – I'm trying – I'm just trying to get to the, the stat here because I want to see on air. I, I think this is going to help us to know how many touches these guys got in the first half. And, unfortunately, Philadelphia. There we go. Okay. I'm working through this right now. Okay. So, nine carries for Boston Scott in the first half. Four for Jordan Howard. One for Gainwell. Terrible. That's not good. Terrible. <laughs> That's not good. So Boston Scott is someone that I think you could start this week. I think, I mean, he was decent. Um, nine carries in the first half is pretty good. I mean, they weren't even giving Miles Sanders for nine carries in the first half. <laughs> Blows my mind. But yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway. The Lions side, it's tough, man. I think TJ Hawk, I think the I think the Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm tired of the game. I've been trying to follow that in the player trend show, and it's just every week it's different. It's TJ Hawkinson, and Swift had a down game, even with Jamal uh, Williams out. But overall, he's just a complete workhorse. He gets all the looks. So I think it's just Swift and Hawkinson. Just stay out of the receivers moving forward. 
I'm still riding the Kenny Gainwell train. I'm gonna stay on it as long as I possibly can, but it's making me sick. I'm getting getting car sick on this train. Can you get train sick? Train car sick? How about that? Yeah, no, it's true. You can. Titans, Colts. We've talked about Derrick Henry. We'll get out of here in just a second. But Titans get the win in overtime. They move to six and two, best record in the AFC. Colts fall to three and five, 34-41 overtime win for the Titans. Derrick Henry, no touchdowns, less than 70 yards, comes out with a Liz Frank foot fracture. I, I broke this down for 15, 20 minutes on the Monday episode. Bob and I will talk about it here in a second. I know we got a bunch of comments and questions in the uh, comment section here that I'll get to in a second. This is tough, and not only is it rough for this season, if he comes back in the fantasy playoffs, it's rough for next season. Amari Cooper basically got this injury, and it, and it plagued him for about three years. Uh, really, really tough situation. A.J. Brown. Rough couple of first weeks, dude is back, and he's back with a vengeance. Ten catches, 155, and a nice, aggressive touchdown. Michael Pittman Jr., Levy been repping him all Sunday. Ten catches, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, 122 total yards and a touchdown. And Carson Wentz doesn't do enough to win here, but he's has still been impressive over the last couple of weeks. Bob, I'm going to siphon through our, like, 30 comments here. A bunch of them have to do with Derrick Henry. Let me get your thoughts on the Titans and Colts. Yeah, I think really when it comes down to it is that there's going to probably be more of a reliance on Ryan Tannehill in that pass game. But when's Julio coming back? Because behind A.J. Brown, they I mean, the next most productive player was Jeff Swain, which just, just makes no sense. Marcus Johnson got the most routes, got the most targets behind A.J. Brown, but he was just not good. The good news is A.J. Brown's dominant again. And I think A.J. Brown is going to lead you to a fantasy championship this year. He's going to be absolutely top five rest of season at the wide receiver position. The buy low window is gone. Um, but I think, I think Adrian Peterson steps into a situation that is probably the best fit for him as a player. I mean, what they want to do and how they run the football and this offense is perfect for Adrian Peterson, how he runs. And listen, you brought up yesterday's podcast. He's come off the street before he went to Arizona and had big games for that team when he barely knew the offense. He had some very, he had a thousand yard rush this season, just in 2018 with the Washington football team. And then 2019 still productive. And then the lions, Early on in the season, he was very good. So the good news is he doesn't – he's fresh. It's not like he has any wear on his tires this season, so he's going to hit the ground running. I think he's going to be a, a flex play probably as soon as this week. Um, on the Colts' side, it's Michael Pittman. It's it's all him. T.Y. Hilton can't stay on the field uh, at this point. We're probably looking at him probably being done for his career at this point, it seems like. But um, the tight end situation, I brought this up on player trends. They're part-time players. I know Mo Alley Cox catches a touchdown once in a while, but this week it was Doyle. We, we, we can't buy into part-time players, so it's just Pittman. I like Carson Wentz getting healthy, and I like Jonathan Taylor moving forward, but it looks like Marlon Mack is staying. Who knows what they do with him moving forward, but I think it's really nice to see Carson Wentz healthy, and I think that makes Michael Pittman a bye rest of the season. Who do you think is a starter for the Titans moving forward? I answered this last night, Bob, to get your thoughts. Adrian Peterson. He's going to get you. He's going to get like 12 to 15 carries, and then McNichols is going to stay in his role. Um if you're in a full PPR, I, I don't even – I think Adrian Peterson is going to be good. I think he's – and also, too, he's go, he's gunning for the rushing ch- title, like the career rushing title. I wonder how many yards he's behind. I'm going to look that up right now because I know one of the things he wanted to come back for is because he wanted to be the all-time leader behind Emmett Smith or something. Yep, I agree. All right, Dennis, you got a lot of questions in here, man, and I know you have since gone to bed. So good morning when you listen to our podcast again. I hope you yeah. have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, let me get through this here. You got a lot of questions, and one of them had to do with Adrian Peterson. So 
Uh, Bob, would you drop any of these guys for Adrian Peterson? Um, looks like he's got a number of them. Roster's pretty good. Looking to drop Madison, Judy, Booker. They're all hurt. Uh, uh, so would you drop any of those guys for Adrian Peterson? Well, Booker is like a, you know, he's a handcuff. So, I mean, if, 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 if Barkley comes back, but the thing is, we're not going to know that probably till the end of the week. So I'm not dropping Booker. Um, Madison, Judy, Madison, Madison's the guy I would drop. Madison's Unless I'm a guy. cook owner. Madison's a guy I would drop as well. And I just want to make sure we got the rest of those. Okay. We got a lot of other ones. Beach coming in hot with the uh, predictions. Appreciate you. I'll get you written down. And uh, we got a lot of other questions, but we'll get to the rest of those later. I just wanted to go on brand here while we're talking about Derrick Henry. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Bob and I will get to the rest of your questions here as we get going. But first, we're going to catch our breath here. Take a quick water break and give a shout out to our new sponsor here and big up Carefactor. We'll be right back. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carefactor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. Bengals, Jets, Jets get the upset here. 34-31, Michael Carter, number one running back. Mike White, number one quarterback, 405 yards and three touchdowns. Michael Carter, 172 total yards, nine catches for 95 yards out of the backfield and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, 91 total yards and a touchdown. You had called that out multiple times on the Sunday Live show. Chase, another touchdown. Joe Burrow, 259 and three. Both teams looked great. The the Bengals were up by I think eleven with about four or five minutes left. The Jets hung hung tight, got a couple stops, got a turnover, turned it into a, a W here. Impressive win for the Jets and Mike White's debut. Yeah, well, from the Bengals side, it's nice to see Joe Burrow's throwing the ball more. I mean, I talked about this a lot uh, a couple weeks ago on my Player Trend show is that they had one of the lowest first expectation dropback volumes in the NFL. And we're starting to see that go up, and that's good news for Boyd, and that's good news for Higgins because Chase is going to get his always. But Higgins had a nice day. I mean, he hasn't found the end zone in a couple weeks, um, and but he's been very productive in the sense he's getting a lot of yardage. And then Boyd found the end zone. He looks good too. So it's good to see the pass volumes going up, and now those guys are starting to produce more. Um, Joe Mixon, I you know, hey, it's, it was a it was a good matchup for him. He's not producing very well. He's just finding the end zone. So I think. You know, from my perspective, Joe Mixon, you brought up yesterday, he might be a sell high. I, I think that Joe Mixon, my opinion, though, he's an absolute workhorse. So I think he's on a good offense. He'll find the end zone more often than not. So I think he's not a complete sell. But at the same time, he hasn't been really efficient on the ground. On the Jets side, 
Good for Mike White. I mean, geez. I mean, that's that's insane. No, I mean, no one saw that coming. That was crazy. I think uh, at this point, it's just interesting that, you know, we brought up this before in previous uh, previous podcasts when it comes down to game flow. I was worried that the Bengals wouldn't have to throw, and then sure enough, that's what happened. So from the Jets' side, I think really what that tells me is Jameson Crowder without Corey Davis was still the number one receiver. Uh, did see nine targets, eight receptions, 84 yards, great PPR day. Kind of flew under the radar because Mike White dominated. Michael Carter had a monster day. Ty Johnson even had a big day. 19 running back targets for Mike White. I just don't know if that's going to be consistent uh, because, like you just brought up, game flow. Down 11, force feed running backs in that scenario. But overall, I think it's encouraging sign from Crowder that uh, he still had a very productive day. So, And Elijah Moore, six targets. Um, and Denzel Mims led the team in routes. So I don't know what that means, but hey, there you go. Rams, Texans, 7-1 Rams get the win over the 1-7 Texans. No surprise here, 38-22. Closer game than I think everybody thought it was going to be. So well done there for the Texans. Uh, side note, the Texans do not trade Deshaun Watson. They are going to keep him in the cellar, and uh, we will not hear from Deshaun Watson until next season, most likely. Rams, big win here. Cup, seven catches, 115, and a touchdown. Henderson, 14 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Stafford, 305 and three touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, per usual, the lone highlight for the Texans overall, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. 38-22 Rams. So I think the biggest takeaway for the for the Rams side is that Van Jefferson is now a full-time player. A couple weeks ago, he was splitting work with Deshaun Jackson. They just waved Deshaun Jackson. He ran just as many routes as Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. In this offense, he's a buy. He's someone that could probably be a wide receiver three rest of season if he's getting seven targets from Stafford. When everybody's looking at Cup and Woods, Jefferson's going to get one-on-one all day. And I think he's going to be a factor down the stretch because of that. On the other side, <clears throat> unfortunately, the loss of Mark Ingram just meant Rex Burkhead and Phillips, whoever that is. <laughs> Four-way running backs. It was, and I actually looked this up because I was like, oh man, I wonder how David Johnson did. Because when I was looking up my Jordan Aikens call, uh, <laughs> I did look it up uh, to see what the running back situation was. It, it's not, it wasn't a second half thing. Phillips was seeing carries in the first half. Rex Burkhead was seeing carries in the fir- first half. Forget about everything you wish for. It's it, honestly, at this point, I don't even think it's worth having a Texas running back um, because they're going to be in that four-way committee. And they, it, it makes sense for them to look at the young kid Phillips See what they got there. So I don't know what's going on. Rex Burkhead got way too much work. On the other side, it was Brandon Cooks. Once again, it just seems like he gets it done. Um, the good news is that Davis Mills at least is competent enough. And I said this on my on my trend show. At least he's competent enough to keep Cooks relevant. And that's all I care about as a fantasy owner. So that's good. And then Jordan Akins, listen, if, if, if um, Farrell Brown misses more time, he's going to be a factor because he's going to get all that tight end work, which is why that five for 50 would have been great in DFS this week. Any concerns about Robert Woods? He just uh, ride the wave. It's it's like I've touched on a million times that with Robert Woods is that he, they're not, in the years prior, he was number one in routes and he was dominating that aspect. This year it's been all cup and the way they scheme the offense is cook number one. It's just, I mean, cup is number one. I think my perspective of Robert Woods is that he's on an elite offense and he just, it's like, even if he gets you 35 yards, he catches a touchdown. And then he did it a couple weeks ago, did the same thing. And it's just like, hey, man, he's going to get it done. And then when the games, they're, when they are in a good game, like a game when they're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or they're facing a Seahawks when they have Russell Wilson, 
better game flow. Robert Woods is going to get more volume. It just seems like the Rams are dominating the Texans. They don't need to throw that much, but he still gets eight targets in those games. I agree. Patriots, Chargers. Patriots get a big win. I think you can call this an upset here. A lot of people had the Chargers at home. Of course, I did as well. 44 or four and four Patriots get the win over the now four and three Chargers. 27 24. Impressive. Damian Harris, we had mentioned it multiple times. Get him in your DFS lineup. 23 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown, Bob. But he had, I counted four different plays, one of them being a touchdown. And I'm going to estimate, I didn't count up, but I'm going to estimate 60 to 80 yards and a touchdown called back by holding penalties over that game. Yeah. I, I mean, long run by Damian Harris. I got him in DFS. Like, holy shit, he scores a long touchdown. Awesome. Immediate flag, immediate flag, immediate flag. He absolutely dominated, but didn't get enough. Nelson Aguilar, three catches, 60 yards. Herbert did struggle in this one. Goes up against Bill Belichick, who totally shut him down last year as a rookie. That might be kind of his Achilles heel for now. Austin Eckler, 120 total yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, six catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. The Chargers offense overall wasn't as explosive per usual, but it was great to see Allen and Eckler specifically coming back to fantasy not even relevance, like really good performances, just not that sky-high expectation that we've had. But Herbert did kind of plummet, and Mike Williams did as well. But I like all these guys moving forward. Patriots, Chargers. Yeah, I think really what comes down is that Mike Williams situation. I know early on in the season, he I talked, I talked about this a couple Sunday lives ago. He had such a soft early season schedule for out wide receivers, and he blew up. And then now he's kind of normalized a little bit, but he's had a couple tough matchups. So I think once he starts seeing better matchups again, just might be a little buy low window opening up from Mike Williams moving forward. But Keenan Allen still Keenan Allen's consistently another guy where the production's gonna start coming because he's like I touched on, he only had one touchdown before the bye. That's gonna change. He was getting like five, 10 targets a game. Trust me, Keenan Allen scores lock of the a lock of the year. So that was good to see. On the other side, um, you know, Harris is an absolute workhorse. I mean, he is. I mean, it's it was tough to see all those calls on him because like you're like everything we thought was going to happen did happen, but unfortunately, it wasn't as a monster day, but still really good on the on the receiving game. Jacoby Myers keeps getting like eight nine targets a game, but nothing comes out of it. The reason why is he's had one of the, the toughest slot schedules in the NFL. Now it doesn't get much better though. His rest of season schedule is still very tough. I don't know how it happened, but very tough for him. But he's consistently getting nine, eight, seven, eight, nine targets a game. But he's getting like four catches for like 50 yards. And that's it. So I think from my perspective, they're sharing the wealth in New England. The one guy I keep highlighting is Hunter Henry. He keeps running a bunch of routes. He is clearly run, he's running about two to three more routes, uh, times as many routes as Jonu Smith. And that level of production is going to help him moving forward. So I like Hunter Henry rest of season. Jag Seahawks. Seahawks with a statement game in this one. We had mentioned Trevor Lawrence and the Jags might struggle going across country from Jacksonville up to Seattle there with the 12s hostile environment as is. 31-7, Seahawks get the win. Seahawks move to 3-5. and five. Jags fall to 1-6. and six. Robinson does get hurt in this one. James Robinson comes away with an injury. We'll see what his status is long-term. Tyler Lockett, though, finally shows up with Geno Smith. 12 catches, Bob. 142. You're the Lockett guy. I'm the DK guy. This had to be great for Lockett people. But DK still stays hot with Geno Smith. Six catches, just 43 yards, but two touchdowns. Not much to report on the Jacksonville side. I mean, the James Robinson injury is notable. Doesn't seem like it's serious. Um, but Carlos Hyde 
you know, for what it's worth, I mean, he became like a full-time worker. So he actually saw a bunch of routes, got a bunch of targets, and they gave him like the James Robinson workload. Um, Dar Agumbawale, what a name. Uh, well did not see, did not. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I almost sneezed halfway through, and it still sounded good. Um, but anyway, that seems seems like the, if Carlos Hyde gets to start this week, he's going to get a pretty nice workload. Could be a solid uh, low end RB two flex play if needed. Um, and then the Tyler Lockett thing is just what makes me struggle about fantasy. Like the analysis all week long. I mean, it just it, we told him not, to sit. We told everyone to sit. Yeah, him. All, all you could Sunday. not. Yeah, could not start him. It, it sucks. It really does. But at the same time, he goes off. And it, the good news is, like. I did say this. I did say this on the Player Trend Show, but I didn't say about Lockett. I did say that Geno's going to have a nice matchup for the first time as a starter. He played the New Orleans Saints and the Steelers, and now he gets the Jaguars. First time he gets a soft matchup, and it's good to see that he plays better when he has easier matchups. So the thing is, they're on a bye, and then they have Russell should be back. So I think this is the time to go. It sucks that you can't get Tyler Lockett right because it's probably going to people now saw how good he did, but still worth an ass to get Lockett and Metcalf if you can. I totally agree. Let's move on here. We got two games left, and then we're going to get to all of your questions here. I know they're piling up in the comments. We will get to you, I promise. All right, Washington football team, Denver Broncos. Broncos get the win here, seventeen to ten. Washington falls to two and six. Bob, this this one, and the Dolphins, one and seven. Dolphins, two and six. Washington football team. I'm I'm very very surprised uh, on these records here on the season. Broncos move to four and four. And Antonio Gibson, I'm I'm uh I've moved past Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham. Those guys are are toast. Antonio Gibson is getting really scary for me. JD McKissick, we had mentioned multiple times on the Sunday live show, but kind of tongue in cheek and also kind of like low level DFS. Eight catches, eighty three yards, just catching. Plus, he was in there in plenty of rushing opportunity. He was the focal point there. Your boy, Melvin Gordon, scores two touchdowns in this one because he's way better than Javante Williams, obviously. Um, Terry McLaurin stays silent in this one, but it might be a buy low for him. He was Dweez's, uh trade target of the week that I mentioned last night, so go look at Terry McLaurin moving forward. Washington football team, Denver Broncos. You know, the weird thing about Gibson was that he actually wasn't bad. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry, but he took a backseat to Jared Patterson. I mean, he was – Patterson had 11 carries to his eight. Now, there's two ways to look at this. The first way to look at it is that they had the bye coming up. They know he's banged up. They figured light his workload, rest him up, have him for the stretch run. The other side of this is that they're out of it. They are not making the playoffs this year. Why are they going to risk further injury to this kid knowing that he could be a franchise running back. So why wouldn't you see what Patterson can do rest of the season? Um, yeah, not really excited. Uh, we'll have to monitor what comes out of the bye, but it is not good. So unfortunately, I, I, most of my teams, I have a lot of CEH and I have a lot of Gibson. It's led me to be a little bit less as <laughs> good this year. Uh, so um, unfortunately, injuries have not been fun to me uh, in my early rounds. And the other team I have, Derrick Henry, Gibson, and CEH, so Ooh. that's really cool. <laughs> so we'll see. But somehow I'm, I'm still the number six seed, so we'll see how that works out the rest of the season. Probably not longer. Um, but then Melvin Gordon, listen, I, I get it. I think the problem is I I am not a Melvin Gordon guy per se. I, I don't care. Like, I really don't. But at some point, you have to acknowledge the fact that Gordon is getting more of the 
advantageous looks. He's getting a little more of the passing game reps. He's getting a little more in the goal line, close to the goal line. And I know those kind of reps sometimes float in between, but it just continues to happen. But the problem is these guys are still in a 50-50 split, maybe 55-45, whatever. And one week it could be the drive Javante's in that he scores. I get that. But at some point, you know, Javante Williams, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going anywhere this year. I think that's – I think – I brought this up on my player trends show. I'm going to say this again. Javante Williams, if you are out of it, if you're losing in your keeper league and you're losing in your dynasty league, trade a better player this year to go get Javante Williams and have him on your team for next year. Because um, I think that is an awesome, awesome philosophy because Javante is going to be a stud for dynasty and keeper leagues and redraft next year. On the receiving end, Jerry Judy came back, but he played behind Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. We shouldn't be that surprised, but it is a little concerning um, moving forward. But the thing is, Albert O and Noah Fant played a lot in this game, and now Noah Fant might be out with COVID. So this could open up more three-receiver sets, but Judy ran as the third guy. Is that going to change? I don't know. I hope so because I, I have some Judy in my lineups too. Uh, but that's notable moving forward that Patrick and, and Sutton played ahead of him. And then I think this week, Albert O is going to be our Pat Firemuth start of the week. Let's go. Tune in Sunday morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. West Coast time or 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. East Coast time to find out. <laughs> Bucks, Great. Saints, Saints get the win here. Massive win for not Drew Brees, not Jameis Winston, but Trevor Simeon coming in hot. Beating up Tom Brady and the boys. Brady falls to 6-2. and two. Trevor Simeon and crew, or maybe Taysom Hill, we'll find out. Saints move to 5-2, 36-27 here. Jameis gets hurt, unfortunately for him. Torn ACL, MCL injury out for the season. Keep an eye. Go look for Taysom Hill. I mentioned him yesterday in the waiver wire yeah. pickup. Available in 98% of leagues, ladies and gentlemen. 98%. That means he is available in your league. Go find him. Chris Godwin, eight catches, 140 yards in the touchdown. Gronk played the game but got hurt with back spasms. I think it's just like it's Gronk. He's old. They're going to run in the playoffs. They want to keep him healthy. I don't expect that to be long-term. Could be in next week. Alvin Kamara, 76 total yards in the touchdown. Brady, 375 and four touchdowns. Antonio Brown does not play in this one either. How do you feel about the Saints moving forward, man, with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon? Love Taysom Hill. Love it. I think we saw this last year, too. I know Hill was out this week, but it wasn't like Hill, Jameis Winston slam dunk dominated that, that competition. That was right up to August. I don't think Simeon is going to take the starting job. I'm put, I'm spending my fab on Taysom Hill. He's going to be a, he's going to be absolutely fantastic. Rushing quarterbacks break the mold. Look at Jalen Hurts. It's going to be Taysom Hill. Um, plus, they're getting Michael Thomas back. They're getting healthy uh, at the receiver position at some point. Uh, so I think, but it does hurt the receiving core. I mean, they weren't doing anything anyway, but I think Camara, it does worry me a little bit because his pass fun, but he's locked into kind of this like eight to 12 range running back anyway, but he's been showing a little more juice in the pa passing game recently. That could be dialed back just a little bit with Taysom Hill, but I'm not completely fading Camara, of course, but uh, I, I think, I think Taysom Hill is the, the biggest beneficiary of the injury. I think he's going to become fantasy relevant. And I just, other than Michael Thomas, when he comes back, I think Michael Thomas, when he comes back, is probably a low end wide receiver too. Remember last year, he got like eight for 80 every week, which is fine PPR, but it's not going to win you any fantasy leagues on the other side. This is just an absolute crazy mosh play. I just thought this is random, right? So I'm, I'm looking up PFF stats 
while we're on the show because I'm just here trying to like get to know get the knowledge for you. 16 people saw a target in that game. Like that's <laughs> crazy. Like that's like I you know I you would think you want to see narrow targets. Like the Saints are all over the place. They have thrown tar- targets Deontay Harris Hill. Callaway, bunch of running backs. Ingram was involved, blah, blah, blah. I think Ingram's another thing, too, that's notable. Um, you know, they did play the Bucks this week, and he did look good. So I think he is someone for Camaro owners especially. Maybe you want to get in your team just a handcuff. Um, on the Bucks side, listen, Godwin looked awesome. Uh, you know, 8-4 for 140 and 1, just completely dominated. Uh, I think we talked about this with Evans. You know, the shadow coverage thing, it did happen, right? He did have two for 48, but one went for a touchdown. So Evans against against uh, Lattimore is a thing. It does hurt his fantasy value, but, you know, he without A.B. in the lineup, he found the end zone anyway. Gronk's hurt again. But Tyler Johnson, hey, got to throw some credit my way. Tyler Johnson, I did say, DFS start throw, five for 65. Not too bad for a guy that probably cost you 2,800 bucks. So I, I, don't, I don't mind that one. Better call, Tyler Johnson or Jordan Akins this week, Bob? No, Jordan Akins. Come on. <laughs> we only we are on brand for, for ridiculous tight end calls. So that's what we want to do. So Tyler Johnson's cute, but really it's the candlestick kids, fantasy late round tight end, crazy tight end call podcast. Something else that we're getting known for, Bob, is your kicker analysis. And already, already, it's when it's dude, it's Tuesday evening, yeah. and our boy Dennis is back in the mix. Already curious for some week nine kicker analysis bob i know it, this is a late week thing for you but we got to go off top here options this upcoming week crosby our boy you know never sit zane right butker zerline mcmanus gano badgley santos elliot you name it they're there leaning gano leaning badgley butker's not even in the mix this week for him zane gonzalez has been on fire early analysis bob who are we feeling for the kicker uh first of all when it comes to the kicker analysis, you don't tell me when to tell you when to play kickers. All right, folks, this is, I actually have an analysis. I'm not joking. So like I, this is supposed to be spreadsheet night. I am on the podcast instead. Unfortunately, Dennis, I love you, brother. You're going to have to join me tomorrow because I'm going to update my spreadsheets tonight and me and Buck, I'll have a segment just for streamer kickers for tomorrow's show. No worries. I got you. There we go. All right, let's move through. We got a lot of questions in here. Beach, of course, coming through with a lot of these different questions here. We got a lot of people. Dennis had another question here. Do you know if and how many games Kyler will miss? I might have to pick up a quarterback. Only real options, Taysom, Tua, Fields. Matchups are better for Tua and Fields a lot. Question mark. Who should we pick up if he has to fill in for Kyler Murray? Yeah, um, I'm probably... The thing is, I don't know if Murray's missing any time. I, I Tyler's looking seen... at about one to three window as of right now. He's questionable going into this week. You got to remember, too, he was on the Thursday night game. So technically, he got a little bit extra time anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to miss. I, when I was listening to Pro Football Doc earlier today, I think he said that it's kind of the same thing. He might miss. He might be okay this week, but he might not be as mobile. Um, I don't know if that means anything. But I think really, for me, it's Taysom Hill. I honestly, I, this guy is an—he is a running back playing quarterback, and he has this ridiculous high floor. And I think that it, you might have fall into something. You might fall into something with Taysom Hill rest of the season. So I'm going to go get Hill. He's less—he's a less fancy, and by fancy I mean not as big a plays, not as fast, not as like oh my god running ability. 
but he gets it done like Jalen Hurts does. And what I mean is when he has played, he's got 20 to 24 fantasy points every game that he's started. Now, it's not it's not nice. <laughs> he's not throwing up big passing yardage, but as a quarterback, when you run, obviously you get that upside. All right, Bob. Aaron coming in here from YouTube. Shouts out to Aaron. Thoughts on the Von Miller trade. So we'll go DST here a little bit. Also, general thoughts on the playing skill players uh, against your own DST. A.J. Brown owner here going against the Rams on Sunday night. I think that's a great question. I think about it a lot. I'll jump in just really quick, and I want to get your thoughts. A, on the Von Miller trade. Von Miller goes from the Denver Broncos to the Los Angeles Rams like they need any help on defense in the defensive line, but he joins Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and the boys. But this is something I think about. I try my very best not to have my top running back or my quarterback going up against a DST that I'm playing. That being said, if my DST is just dominating in, in, in DST standards or my quarterback or running back are just that good that you have to play them every week, you play them. Um, but when I can avoid it, I try to avoid it. I also try to avoid playing, you know, my quarterback maybe versus my opponent's DST if I can stream or just little games when it's easy, but I do not ever totally fade based on a DST. How do you feel about that, Bob, first, that strategy, and then thoughts on Von Miller? So I I honestly, I'll tell you this, I usually just play the best player. I don't really, um, fantasy football is hard enough, and I know this is a ridiculous answer, but at the same time, um, my personal opinion is that, like, for example, this weekend, I liked the Washington football team defense, and they finished as a top 12 defense, but one of the guys I talked about early in the week was Teddy B. And Teddy B didn't have the big week that we thought he would, but at the same time, like, you know, I probably, and most people probably would have favored Teddy B side uh, over the Washington football team streamer, but it ended up being the streamer defense. So it's hard to predict that stuff. I, I personally, if it's a, a tiebreaker, then yeah, go the other way. But I think at the same time, just play the best team. If you're, if AJ Brown is playing the Rams, you have the Rams D trust me, the Rams can get plenty of sacks and AJ Brown could still have eight catches for a hundred yards. So it doesn't matter. So uh, I think I'm not going to fade them completely. Got it. All right, Victor chiming back in here. Just wanted to let everybody know that he needs Bob's energy. Now, we don't have an energy drink sponsor yet other than, you know, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. I've been known to throw back a couple shots before before the show to get ready. We don't have an energy drink yet, but we might have to go, like, Bob's Energy, Buck and Bob's Energy, uh, you know, Buck and Bob's voltage. Um, you know, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but maybe that's something we're looking for. Also, one more. Bob, are you doing Movember? Sky, keep that beauty beard. Don't touch that painting. Wow. So uh, no shave November. It's a thing. Um, I actually shaved Sunday morning before the show, believe it or not. So it's like I'm pretty thick. Um, but, Bob, are you a no shave November kind of guy? I uh no because I couldn't grow a facial hair until I was like 32, so I haven't really not been able to do it until recently. Um, but I will for the team. Let's do it. I'm in. Love that, Aaron. Throw five bucks here, uh, super chat, just to say thanks for getting in the question, Aaron. We appreciate you. And you know thanks, what, Bob? Aaron. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a quick segue while we're doing this here, uh, because it's a great opportunity to bring up where the money goes that are based on <laughs> the super chats. Can you take it away for us, please, on Good Sports? Yeah, so basically what we've done over the last few weeks is we partnered with Good Sports. <clears throat> Good Sports is a charity organization that donates sporting equipment to underprivileged communities to help kids play sports. So 
Of every dollar you donate to us, we send back to Good Sports. So far, they have given out 27,000 kits and have served over 500,000 kids in our in the United States alone. So, you know, really exciting partnership we've had. Um, I'm actually tallying the numbers. I was supposed to tally them tonight, but we are hopefully donating $100 for the month of October. So we're very excited for that. That was a big time for us. Um, so I'm excited to submit the donation. And, and follow me on it at Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram. I'll post the donation, and it's really great. So we appreciate the money you donate to us. goes a long way to help us produce this podcast. But – giving back to the community and good sports is really the focus there. Love that. C Griffin wants to know, are you guys taking random questions? Um, the short everything's, answer. No, everything's staged. Uh, <laughs> we actually hire these people beforehand and they stage the questions so we can sound smart. That's the great. short answer is sure. But that being said, this is the internet and this is YouTube and we don't actually know each other. So I will put this out there one time. Yes, you can ask me whatever you want. I'm a pretty open book. I mention a lot of my situation on internet anyway. If it's inappropriate, offensive, or we just straight up don't want to ask it, we're not going to. And if we want to, we'll just block you. So not saying you would see Griffin, but anybody else, sure. Random questions, go ahead. Uh, if we don't want to answer, we won't. All right, Victor going hot there. Beach going back and forth. All right, straight at you, Bob. This is you this week. Prater or Reggie Bullock? Don't have my analysis, guys. I, I'm just I'm just being completely honest. I am not going to throw any any weight behind a kicker until I have my analysis done, and I will have that for tomorrow's podcast. Jibber Tibber, should we go with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Ertz for Aaron Jones and Darren Waller? Jones and Waller. Jones and Waller. I agree. Victor says Buck Bob Sky Levy's jeans. Oh, it's Ooh. Levi, Levy. Jeans. Makes sense. Le Levi's jeans. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the show. We ran a little overtime here. Bob and I throwing it down. Appreciate everyone jumping in the comments. We got about 40 deep. We got a donation to Good Sports. Big up. Shouts out to our sponsors, Carefactor, the Jersey Jungle, of course. Breaking down the week eight action, looking ahead to week nine. Buck and Bob coming up tomorrow evening. Make sure you come back and check them out as well. Everyone else have a wonderful, wonderful evening. This episode and all episodes of the TCK pod are brought to you by betonline.ag for all your bet online expert needs. And of course, the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you give us a subscribe and a follow anywhere you follow the fantasy focused network and the fantasy football network on youtube go give our friends a shout out there as well have a wonderful tuesday crush hump day have a great rest of your week y'all we will catch you next time for my man bob lamarco i am your host sky guasco 489 in the books we out we're out of here Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.